0: I hope you guys are having a great day. Thank you for including us in your day and making us a part of your day. Welcome to The Quest. It's always good to spend time together, especially if you're a guest and checking us out. We want to encourage you to scan the QR code. That QR code, whether you're checking us out or whether you are a part of The Quest, is a means to connect with us. It's a means to engage with us. It's a means to take a next step with us. And so if you would, you want to check that link out it will connect you to information that will tell you a lot about who we are it will also allow you to fill out a connection card and allow you to take some next steps if that's what you would like to do if that's what the lord is leading you to do we would love to connect with you that's what we want you to know also we want to remind everyone that all of the talks are available in podcast form all you have to do is search for fresno quest church on any of the podcast platforms that you're a part of and you'll find us there and you can find all the different talks that we've had before we get into the talk today how about if we pray together father We love you so very much. Father, we take this moment out of our schedule, out of our day, we take this moment in our day, and Father, we dedicate it to you. We ask that you would speak into our hearts, speak into our lives. Father, encourage us. Father, I also ask that you would give faith and give strength to those that need it in a very real way in their lives. You know what each one of us are going through, what each one of us are facing. You know the fears, you know the concerns, you know the anxieties. And Father, I just ask that you would step in to those areas of our lives that we invite you into. And Father, that you would heal and that you would make whole our lives. Father, speak to our hearts today. We ask that you would put your finger on this area of our lives and and really allow this talk today to change how we do life and change us to have the heart that you want us to have in this life, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're starting a brand new series today entitled Pivot. And if you've ever watched the Friends TV show, then you might know where this is going. Ross has to transport a couch up a flight of steps. And so he enlists Rachel and Chandler to help him do this. And in this process, they find themselves in a peculiar situation. They find themselves in a place where there is nowhere to turn. They're bound and they can't. Something has to happen. There's a panic in Ross's voice when he says, pivot, pivot, pivot. And he's saying make an adjustment make an adjustment but the problem is is chandler gets so frustrated that he yells shut up shut up shut up and and the thing is is that's usually what happens see the more precarious and threatening the situation that we find ourselves in the more we realize the need for adjustments that need to be made in our lives in other words what happens is we realize if something doesn't change soon something worse is going to happen soon see pivot becomes a cry for help a necessary adjustment that we need to make and just like Chandler experienced if we don't know how to adjust or we don't know what area to adjust in our lives it creates its own panic its own frustration i don't know if you've ever felt that way in your life where your life feels like you need to make adjustments if you don't make an adjustment soon something worse is going to happen soon and sometimes we don't know what adjustments to make sometimes we don't know where to pivot and it creates its own moment of panic in our lives we will always find ourselves in situations where adjustments need to be made, where pivots need to be made in our lives, adjustments that are necessary for the best results. The same is true for the church. Let me set up the series for you. The past two years we've been in a pandemic and it's been challenging to say the least, not just for us individually, but also for the church. Something you might want to write down, I found this interesting. Many church leaders and Christian sociologists say that this pandemic has forever changed the church. If I were to be honest, I would say that's a little bit scary. Here's what statistics tell us out of this pandemic. Two out of five pastors are seriously thinking about leaving the ministry. Eight in ten churches have an attendance that is less than half of what they had before the pandemic started. In fact, many churches report that their attendance is 74% less than when the pandemic started. Another statistic is one in four pre-pandemic churchgoers have not returned to church since the pandemic started. Also, the fatigue of mask regulations, social distancing, business closures, regulations for life, regulations for education. People are experiencing pandemic fatigue. They're tired of being told how to live. And that fatigue gets carried into the church. We don't want anyone telling us how to live. Not just the government. We don't want pastors telling us how to live. And ultimately, we really don't want God telling us how to live. The fatigue has entered into the DNA of our lives. The pandemic has brought change to the church in good and bad ways. Some of the good ways are this. It's forced most churches to have an online presence where they're able to communicate with more people than they've ever been able to communicate with before. That's true in our case, for sure. Another good change that it's brought, it's caused people to take a personal responsibility in their spiritual connection with God. Rather than just come to church during the pandemic, they had to intentionally make time to encounter God. They couldn't just come and feel good. They had to make that a priority and intentionally seek God out. That was a good change. The church has also been forced to innovate and change with these times. That's a good thing because the church gets stuck in ruts as well. The churches that survive can't do church like they've always done in the past. The churches had to adapt to make adjustments and learn to pivot in the times that we live in. Those are a few of the good changes, but there's been some bad changes, too. One of those is this. You can write it down. People have made worship a personal experience rather than a community experience. Don't get me wrong. There's a need for personal worship. That's critically important. But there's also a great need for community worship, the need to worship with other believers, belong with other believers, use our gifts in community with other believers. The early church in Acts experience that let me read it for you it's found in acts 2 it says they worshiped together at the temple each day met in homes for the lord's supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity see one of the things that identifies us as the church is this and you can write it down worship always brings us together worshiping god forms the church god in us creates community through us Another bad change that we've seen happen is this. The purpose of unity has shifted from belonging to believing. In other words, we don't look at each other through the lens of what we have in common, that God's Spirit lives in us and identifies us as a part of the family of God. We look at each other through the lens of our differences, and the differences that separate us tend to be about where we stand on politicized issues. Unity should be an identifying mark of every Christ follower. Again, if we look at the early church in Acts, it says this about them. It says, all the believers were united in heart and mind, and they felt that what they owned was not their own. So they shared everything that they had. Listen, just because we're followers of Christ doesn't mean that we don't have differences with each other. We do, of course. We're human. But rather than walk away from these relationships or focus on our differences, as Christ followers, we seek unity in our relationships. Remember that the spirit in us is creating unity between us. God's Spirit in us seeks to resolve, not dissolve relationships. In the book of James, it says this: it says, you can develop a healthy, robust community that lives right with God and enjoy its results only if you do the hard work of getting along with each other and treating each other with dignity and honor. Treating each other with dignity and honor is huge. You may or may not agree with their positions on things or on issues, but you can still love them. One more bad change that's come out of this pandemic is this. We have accepted isolation as a healthy alternative lifestyle. We spent two years isolating ourselves from others and keeping ourselves safe from others. And many people have or continue to work from home. Many people enjoy working from home. They don't want to go back to working in an office building. They don't want to go back to the way it used to be. People have discovered comfort in isolation. Proverbs says this, it says, whoever isolates himself, seeks his own desire, he breaks out against all sound judgment. Remember that God's spirit in you is never going to isolate you or cause you to cut yourself off from community that he's building with believers around you. See, we so desperately need these relationships that God's given to us. We need the community of believers. We need the family of God. They are God's gift to us. Remember in Genesis when God was forming and shaping, creating man, he said, it is not good for man to be alone. Isolation is never a good thing. It's never a healthy alternative lifestyle. As God is shaping the church and God is shaping us as individuals, you'll never find people being led by the Spirit away from community. In fact, you see just the opposite. When people come to God, it brings them into the family of God, it brings them into the church of God, it brings them into community with God and with believers. So just as a warning, if you find yourself enjoying the isolation, if you find yourself wandering away from spiritual community, ask yourself who's leading you away from spiritual community because it's not the Spirit of God. This series is not really about the bad and good changes that have come from this pandemic. That's not what this series is about. It kind of sets up what this series is about. See, if the church has changed through this pandemic, and you are the church, then I think that a serious personal question we all have to ask ourselves is this, how has the pandemic changed me? Have you considered how the pandemic may have changed you? for bad or good. You could even ask God to show you the areas or the issues in your life that you've allowed change in. And all the changes in our lives is the church that God desires us to be reflected in the people we have allowed ourselves to be. There might be some behavioral issues that have changed in our lives, that we've allowed to change in our lives, but I think if we go a little bit deeper, we discover something else, something that affects our behavior. And it's this has our heart changed. Heart change is something very serious that we have to really pay attention to. This series is really about reconnecting with our DNA as a church. What does it mean to be the church in the world that we live in? What is the heart of the quest? And is that reflected in my heart? So as we seek to reconnect with our DNA and the heart of the quest, we're seeking to reconnect with why we do what we do. Why we exist as a church. So that we can effectively be the church that God desires us to be. The church that he's called us to be. And it's not just about a church of believers. It's about us as individuals being the individuals that he's called us to be. Because you and I are the church. So something you might want to write down is this. The pandemic can change how we do what we do. But it should never change why we do what we do. How we do things will always change. Because times change. But why we do the things that we do can never change because why we do what we do reflects the heart of God. It reflects the mission of God, what God has called us to do. We can't be the church that God's called us to be. We can't be the people that God's called us to be if we've lost the heart for who God's created us to be. Another feeling that has to reflect our heart is this. The heart of the quest is to love God and love people. We're to love God completely and love others intentionally. What brings us together is our love for God. What demonstrates our love for God is our love for people. If you listen to what Jesus says, you know this. He says, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength. And the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. We can't personally experience God's love and have no response of God's love to others. Our response to being loved by God is to love God completely and authentically and sincerely love people. Remember, God is shaping in us a love for people. And when we find ourselves in difficult times like this pandemic has brought, when we find ourselves bombarded with messages and images and things like that from this world, I mean, we can't think that the world around us is going to shape God's heart for others within us. It's not going to happen. The world's heart is entitled, angry, judgmental. It's divisive, self-absorbed, detached, and preoccupied. If we get caught up in that, we'll never love others the way God called us to love others. We want to be intentional about loving well. So what are some ways that we can authentically love people? What are some ways that we can love well? I'll tell you one thing that I think is so important that we've really got to address, at least as a church we need to address, and and that's this, you can write it down. We've got to make the outsider our priority. The Quest has always been really good at this. But I think this is an area where we have allowed some change to happen. It's not that we become mean or unfriendly. It's more that we become distracted. It's easier to visit with people that we know than to pursue people that we don't know. I'm not saying that the friends that we know are not important to us. They are important to us. But Jesus always made the outsider his priority. One of those times is found in Luke chapter 19. And it says it this way Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus, and he was a chief tax collector in the region. And he became very rich. He tried to get a good look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree besides the road. And Jesus was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and he called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quickly come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy, but the people were displeased. He had gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. And so Jesus says later, For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. The outsider was always the priority of Jesus. He always sought to connect with those that were disconnected. Disconnected with God and disconnected with people. I think about the story about the lepers that were healed. They were outsiders. They were rejected. They were disconnected from family and friends. They were forced to live in a community outside of the community. They were forced to live away from others. They were completely isolated. Jesus engaged them. Remember, we can't love like Jesus without a heart of Jesus. Another time it's recorded in Matthew where Jesus said this, I'm after mercy, not religion. I'm here to invite outsiders, not coddle insiders. So what does this look like in an application sense? If you're talking with a friend, if you're spending time with a friend and you notice somebody who's an outsider, maybe somebody who's a guest, somebody that doesn't seem to fit in, somebody that doesn't seem to know where to go or what to do, someone that is disconnected from the community, You can see it in their face. Ask your friend to go with you and prioritize the guest. Prioritize the person that's disconnected. I know what it's like to be an outsider, and it's not fun. I'm sure you do too. Put yourself in their place. Because here's the thing. We want guests to know, and you can write this down. We want guests to know that they belong here. They belong at the Quest. This church is for them. This church is their home. God loves them. We want people to experience God's love through us. So what are some ways that we can love well? Well, the first one is this. I'm going to see others with compassion. Compassion allows us to empathetically elevate and value people, to put ourselves in their shoes, to feel what they feel. It says this about Jesus when he crossed the lake. It says, when Jesus landed and saw the large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. That's the way Jesus sees people. Allow your love for people to have compassion for people. Loving well also means this. I'm going to look for opportunities to encourage others. We all like to be encouraged, and we need to be encouraged. We can't just have compassion for people and no response to people. Our compassion leads us to encourage them, to build them up, to speak life into them, to remind them that God loves them. That God is with them, that God is working on their behalf, that God is working for them, that God loves them, that God wants the best for them. In Thessalonians, it gives us this direction it says, encourage one another and build up one another just as you're doing. Love has to have an expression in our lives. We can never go wrong when we look for ways to encourage people. Look for ways to encourage people and build them up. Another way that we love well is this. I'm going to treat others the way that I want to be treated. See, in a world that's divisive, in a world that seeks to put others down, how refreshing is it to be treated with kindness and respect? That's the way that we want to be treated. Jesus says, do to others as you would like them to do to you. We call that the golden rule. It never says that in the Bible. Jesus never referred to it as the golden rule. It's called the golden rule because it is so Valued. It is so important to live a life that is principled with unselfishness and love for others. A love that is modeled for us by Jesus Himself. Treating outsiders the way that you want to be treated will ensure that they are loved and cared for. It will ensure that they are looked after, that they are valued and accepted. This principle moves us and inspires us and motivates us to engage with people at a deeper, more meaningful level than a surface greeting. Loving well also means this. I'm going to serve others before myself. We look to serve others rather than to be served. That's the example that Jesus gave us. In a world that says look out for number one, God says look to help others in all that you do. Jesus said this about himself, he said, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Consider what others need, not what you want. Make their preferences your preference. Loving well also means this, I'm going to make time for others. We can't love, we can't value, we can't serve, we can't prioritize others without investing time into others. Our time communicates just how important they are to us, how much we value them. Time communicates how much of a priority they are to us. We go back to Jesus' encounter with Zacchaeus, and I like how the message version puts it. It says, when Jesus got to the tree, he looked up and he said, Zacchaeus, hurry down. Today is my day to be a guest in your home. Jesus invested in Zacchaeus. He invested his time. He made his day about the outsider He put a stop to his agenda for Zacchaeus' life. Remember, Zacchaeus wasn't the most popular guy, nor the most respected guy. He was definitely not the most liked guy. He was a tax collector. In fact, he was hated. He was rejected. He wasn't welcomed by others. In fact, you talk about being isolated. Zacchaeus understood isolation because nobody liked tax collectors. Remember Zacchaeus came to see Jesus from afar. He came to check out Jesus to see who this Jesus was about. And the love of God would make sure that Zacchaeus would experience God, not just observe him, not just watch him from afar, not just to be a spectator. The love of God ensured that Zacchaeus would experience God. The love of God helped Zacchaeus encounter God. That's the privilege we have every Sunday. That's a privilege we have every day. When people come to check out God, when people come to see who Jesus is about, our love enables them to encounter Jesus. Remember, we were all outsiders that experienced God's love through someone who invested time into us, to someone who made us their priority. Do me a favor, if you will, close your eyes, if you can, obviously. God is in the restoring business. God does not want anyone isolated. He doesn't want anyone dis. He doesn't want anyone disconnected from Himself or from others. God is working to create a connection and a relationship with people. And He's using us to make sure that happens. We can't allow our experience with a pandemic to change our hearts. We can't allow what's going on in this world to change what's going on within us. To change what happens through us. If you're listening today and you don't have that relationship with God, just understand this, that God wants that relationship with you more than you probably want it. He's the one searching you out. He's the one that's made that relationship possible. And all you have to do is accept Him. All you have to do is say, I'm done. I'm done pursuing life on my terms. I want to pursue life on your terms. I want to know you. I want my priorities to be about you, not myself. Listen, you'll find more meaning in life and more purpose in life when God is the center of your life rather than you are the center of your life. All you have to do is talk to God. He's listening to you. He's listening to all of us. So let's pray together. Father, we love you so very much and I thank you for each person that's listening. I thank you, Father, for those that want to begin this relationship with you. Father, for those that um, are disconnected, for those that are isolated from you, for whatever the reason, whether it's a past that they feel they cannot be forgiven for, whether it's mistakes, whether their hearts have become hard, maybe it's even hurt. Father, whatever has caused the disconnection, I know this, that you can heal. And I ask that you would heal and restore lives today that desire you, that want to know you, that want to live in relationship with you. Father, may they experience your love today and may it change the purpose of their lives, the direction of their lives, the passions of their lives. Father, for all of us today, I ask that you would help us to make guests and outsiders a priority in our lives. Help us to make our lives about those that are disconnected, those that are isolated. Father, help our hearts to reflect your heart. Help our love to reflect your love. Help us to have compassion, help us to serve. Father, help us to treat others the way that we would wanna be treated. Father, help us to invest time into people. Father, help us not to be distracted by the closeness of friends, but help the relationships of these close friends to inspire us to move and include others and to expand our friends. Father, help your love that's within us to allow others to experience you. Use us for your glory, for your purpose. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. What a great privilege we have to be a part of what God's doing in this world, to love people on behalf of God, to allow the love of God in us to speak to others, to allow the love of God in us to connect people to a God who created them for relationship. It's a lot easier than you think. People want to be included. People want to be accepted. People want to be loved. And you are the person that can make that happen. I want to encourage you to do that today. Make it a lifestyle. Again, don't allow what's going on in this world to change your heart for the people of this world. not in a small group i want to encourage you to get into a small group you're going to be encouraged you're going to be built up you're going to have people that will pray with you and people that will love you and we all need that i want to encourage you to do that i also want to thank you for your giving thank you for financially investing in the kingdom of god at the quest thank you for investing in what we're doing there's many of you that have invested and i just want to personally say thank you so very much your gifts don't go to waste they're not squandered we will use them and we are using them to expand the kingdom of God in fact I'm really excited about beginning and starting to move forward with doing live streaming from the gathering I know it'll change this venue but I think it's really going to be an awesome change that allow us to connect with people in a very real way so thank you for your financial gifts Again, thank you for being with us today. And thank you for making us a part of your day. We love you guys so very much. We look forward to seeing you in person. And if not, we look forward to seeing you again next week. God's best you. Have a great rest of your week. Make the disconnected a priority in your life today. Love you guys. Bye-bye.